0: On January 10th, we commemorate the afterfeast of the Theophany of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. St. Gregory, Bishop of Nisa, St. Domitian, Bishop of Melitene, St. Marcia, the Presbyter in Constantinople, Venerable Paul, Abbot of Obnora, Vologoda, Venerable Macarius, Abbot of Pisma, Blessed Theosibia, the Deaconess, Sister of St. Basil the Greg, and Gregory of Nisa. Venerable Antipas of Allah Monastery, Saint Theophan the Recluse, Bishop of Tambouf. The fourth day of the afterfeast of Theophany falls on January tenth. Some of the hymns of this period compare the streams of the Jordan to the life-giving waters of baptism. Saint Gregory, Bishop of Nisa was the younger brother of St. Basil the Great, commemorated on January 1st. St. Gregory's birth and upbringing came at a time when Arian disputes were at their height. Having received an excellent education, he was at one time a teacher of rhetoric. In the year 372, he was consecrated by St. Basil the Great as bishop of the city of Nyssa in Cappadocia. St. Gregory was an ardent advocate for orthodoxy and he fought against the Arian heresy with his brother St. Basil. Gregory was persecuted by the Arians, by whom he was falsely accused of improper use of church property, and thereby deprived of his see and sent to Ansira. In the following year St. Gregory was again deposed in absentia by a council of Arian bishops, but he continued to encourage his flock in orthodoxy, wandering about from place to place. After the death of the Emperor Valens in 378, St. Gregory was restored to his cathedral and was joyously received by his flock. His brother, St. Basil the Great, died in 379. Only with difficulty did St. Gregory survive the loss of his brother and guide. He delivered a funeral oration for him and completed St. Basil's study of the six days of creation, the Hexameron. That same year, St. Gregory participated in the Council of Antioch against heretics who refused to recognize the perpetual virginity of the Mother of God. Others, at the opposite extreme, who worshipped the Mother of God as being God herself, were also denounced by the Council. He visited the churches of Arabia and Palestine, which were infected with the Arian heresy, to assert the Orthodox teaching about the Most Holy Theotokos. On his return journey, St. Gregory visited Jerusalem. The holy Places. In the year 381, St. Gregory was one of the chief figures of the Second Ecumenical Council convened at Constantinople against the heresy of Macedonius, who incorrectly taught about the Holy Spirit. At this council, on this initiative of St. Gregory, the Nicene Symbol of Faith, the Creed, was completed. Together with other bishops, St. Gregory affirmed St. Gregory the Theologian as Archpastor of Constantinople in the year 383 St Gregory of Nyssa participated in the council of Constantinople where he preached a sermon on the divinity of the Son and the Holy Spirit in 386 he was again at Constantinople and he was asked to speak the funeral oration in memory of the empress Placilla again in 394 St Gregory was present in Constantinople at a local council convened to resolve church matters in Arabia St Gregory of Nyssa was a fiery defender of Orthodox dogmas, and a zealous teacher of his flock, a kind and compassionate father to his spiritual children, and their intercessor before the courts. He was distinguished by his magnanimity, patience, and love of peace. Having reached old age, St. Gregory of Nyssa died soon after the Council of Constantinople. Together with his great contemporaries, Saints Basil the Great and Gregory the Theologian, St. Gregory of Nyssa had a significant influence on the church life of his time. His sister, St. Macrina, wrote to him, You are renowned both in the cities and gatherings of people, and throughout entire districts. Churches ask for your help. St. Gregory is known in history as one of the most profound Christian thinkers of the 4th century. Endowed with philosophical talent, he saw philosophy as a means for a deeper penetration into the authentic meaning of divine revelation. St. Gregory left behind many remarkable works of dogmatic character, as well as sermons and discourses. He has been called the Father of Fathers. St. Domitian, Bishop of Militon, was born and lived during the 6th century, in the time of the Emperor Justin the Younger. He was married but was widowed, and thereafter he became a monk and lived a strict and holy life. At 30 years of age, he was chosen Bishop of the city of Militon in Armenia. Wise and zealous in questions of faith, strong in word and deed, St. Domitian quickly gained fame as a good and dedicated pastor. More than once he carried out government commissions in Persia to avoid conflict with the Greeks. Beloved by all, St. Domitian often received rich gifts, which he distributed to the poor. Both during his life and after his death, in 601, St. Domitian was glorified by God with miracles. St. Marcion, Presbyter of the Great Church, was born at Rome, and in his youth he received a first-rate education in Constantinople. After the death of his parents, St. Marcion used his inheritance on the building, renovation, and embellishment of churches. Thus he built a church dedicated to the Most Holy Martyr Anastasia, commemorated on December twenty-second. richly adorned it, and had the holy relics of the saint transferred to it. He also built the church of the great martyr Irene, commemorated on May 5th, and the church of St. Isidore. His moral purity and strict asceticism were resented by those who were slothful and avaricious, for they regarded his life as an unspoken criticism of their own lack of virtue. However, his meekness and silence overcame their slanders and brought him to the attention of the patriarch, who ordained St. Marcion, a presbyter, and appointed him treasurer of the church of Constantinople. From his wealth, St. Marcion distributed generous alms, and distinguished himself by non-covetousness, denying himself in everything. In accord with the command of the Saviour, he did not even have an extra set of clothes, which he might need should he be caught in the inclement weather. Having received a gift of underworking, St. Marcion healed the sick and cast out devils. St. Marcion died between 472 to 474 and was buried at the monastery of St. John the Foreigner at Constantinople. St. Paul of Obnora, a famed disciple of St. Sergius of Radonezh, was born in Moscow in the year 1317. From his youth he distinguished himself by his piety and kindness towards the poor and suffering. His rich parents prepared him for a secular life, but at 22 years of age, he secretly left his parental home and received tonsure at the Nativity Monastery on the Volga in the Yaroslav Diocese. From there, Paul transferred to the Holy Trinity Monastery to St. Sergius of Radonezh, spending several years with him as his disciple, obeying the Holy Elder in all things. With the blessing of St. Sergius, he settled a short distance from the monastery in a separate cell, where he spent 15 years as a hermit. Having asked the blessing of St. Sergius to go off into the wilderness for a quiet and solitary life, St. Paul wandered about for a long while, seeking a place of solitude. He wandered a great deal in the wilderness. He spent time with St. Abraham of Chukohoma, commemorated on July 20th, when finally he remained in the Comal Forest. At the Griazovica River, in the hollow of an old linden tree, the monk built a small cell and dwelt there for three years in complete silence, not giving his body rest that he might receive future rest. Then he moved on to the river Nirma, where he built a hut and dug a well, spending his days in vigil and prayer. Five days out of the week he went without food, and only on Saturday and Sunday did he partake of some bread and water. The news about the hermit spread abroad, and those wishing spiritual guidance began coming to him. Despite his love for the solitary life, St. Paul never refused anyone spiritual consolation and guidance. He was also visited by St. Sergius of Nerva, commemorated October 7th, who sought solitude with the blessing of St. Sergius of Radonege, and who also spent his ascetic life in these places. With the blessing of St. Sergius and the agreement of Metropolitan Photius, St. Paul built the Holy Trinity Church in 1414 around which a monastery sprang up, later called the Monastery of St. Paul of Obnora. Having written a strict monastic rule for the brethren, St. Paul entrusted the guidance of the new monastery to his disciple Alexis, while he himself continued as before to live in a solitary cell on a hill. He remained a responsive and good counselor for anyone needing his help. St. Paul died at 112 years of age. His final words were, Brethren, have love for one another and keep to the rule of the monastic community. The Life of the Saint was written in about the year 1546, and his glorification occurred in 1547. St. Macarius of Pisma and Kostroma was a fellow ascetic of St. Paul of Obnora. In the second half of the 14th century, he founded the of Transfiguration Monastery at the river Pisma on the outskirts of Kostroma. St. Theosibia, the deaconess, was the sister of Saints Basil the Great, Gregory of Nyssa, and Peter, Bishop of Sebaste. She was a virgin and served the Holy Church as a deaconess, caring for the sick, distributing food to vagrants, raising orphans, and preparing women for holy baptism. When her brother St. Gregory of Nyssa was in exile for three years, St. Osibia was with him, and she shared in all the tribulations of the life of wandering, St. Theosibia died in 385, and St. Gregory the Theologian praised her in a eulogy. St. Antipas of Vala Monastery was born in Moldavia, Romania, in 1860. His father was a deacon in the village church, and his mother ended her life in a woman's monastery as a skamanan. St. Antipas came to Vala Monastery from Mount Athos on November 6, 1865. He spent the rest of his life in the skit at Valam, living like a hermit. Blessed with the gift of clairvoyance, Saint Antipas fell asleep in the Lord on January 10, 1882. George Govorov, the future Saint Theophan, was born on January 10, 1815, in the village of Chernovsk in the Orlov province where his father was a priest. At first, George attended a primary school at Levin, then a military school. From 1837 to 1841, he studied at the Kiev Theological Academy and probably visited the Monastery of the Caves several times. In these surroundings, it was not surprising that he received the monastic tonsure while he was still a student. After graduation, Harold Monk was appointed rector of Kiev's church schools, and later he became rector of the seminary in Novgorod. Before he retired from teaching, Father Theophon served as a professor and assistant inspector at the Petersburg Academy. St. Theophan was not completely happy with academic work, so he asked to be relieved of his duties. He was assigned to be a member of the Russian mission in Jerusalem. After being raised to the rank of Archimandrite, he became rector of Olnitz Seminary. Soon he was assigned as the chief priest of the Embassy Church in Constantinople. Saint Theophan was eventually recalled to Russia to become rector of the Petersburg Academy and supervisor of religious education in the capital's secular schools. On May 9, 1859, Saint Theophan was consecrated as bishop of Tambov, where he established a diocesan school for girls. During his time in Tambov, he came to love the secluded Visha monastery in his diocese. In 1863, he was transferred to Vladimir and remained there for three years. He also established a diocesan school for girls at Vladimir. The Holy Bishop visited parishes throughout his diocese, serving, preaching, restoring churches, and sharing the joys and sorrows of his flock. It was very difficult for Bishop Theophant to live in the world and become involved with vain worldly disputes. Many abused his trust, but he could not bring himself to chastise anyone. Instead, He left such unpleasant tasks to the archpriest of his cathedral. He was present at the uncovering of the relics of St. Tihon of Zdonsk in 1861, and this made a tremendous impression on him, for he had much in common with that saint. He had loved St. Tihon from early childhood, and always spoke about him with great enthusiasm. When St. Tihon was glorified as a saint on August 13th, Bishop Theophant's joy knew no bounds. In 1866, his request to be relieved of his duties as Bishop of Vladimir was granted. He was appointed a superior of the Visha Monastery, but soon resigned from that position. He was permitted to live there and to celebrate services whenever he wished. He also received a pension of 1,000 rubles. As he prepared to leave his diocese, he wished to focus on his own salvation and to concentrate on undisturbed communion with God. On July 24, 1866, he bade his diocese farewell, leaving the world for a life of reclusion, and to devote himself to writing spiritual books. Through these books, St. Theophan has become the spiritual benefactor of all Orthodox Christians. Although he sought the kingdom of God and his righteousness, a reputation as a writer of great significance for the whole world was also added to him. Bishop Theophan wrote many books, but received no profits from their sale. He tried to keep them as inexpensive as possible, and they quickly sold out. He wrote about topics which others before him had not fully treated, such as how to live a Christian life, how to overcome sinful habits, and how to avoid despair. He tried to explain the steps of spiritual perfection systematically, as one who himself had gone through these various steps. Some of his books include The Spiritual Life and How to Be Attuned to It, The Path to Salvation, and Letters on the Spiritual Life. He also translated the Philokalia in five volumes, and the Sermons of St. Simeon, the New Theologian. For the first six years in the monastery, Bishop Theophan attended all the services, including the early liturgy. He stood still in church with his eyes closed so that he would not be distracted. He often celebrated liturgy on Sundays and feast days. Beginning in 1872, he cut off all relationships with people except for his confessor, and no longer left his cell to attend church. He built a small chapel in his quarters and dedicated it to the Lord's baptism. For ten years he served there on Sundays and feast days. For the last eleven years of his life he served every day by himself. Sometimes he would sing and sometimes he kept completely silent. Whenever anyone visited him on business, Bishop Theophan would reply with as few words as possible, then immerse himself in prayer. If anyone sent him money, he would distribute it to the poor, keeping only a small portion to purchase books. Whenever he was not occupied with writing or praying, the reclusive bishop worked at carpentry or painting icons. He received from twenty to forty letters each day, and he answered all of them. He was able to discern each writer's spiritual condition, then give detailed answers to the questions of those who were struggling for the salvation of their souls. His eyesight deteriorated in his later years, but he did not curtail his work because of it. In the evening, his cell attendant would prepare everything for the bishop to serve the liturgy the next morning. After finishing the liturgy, Bishop Theophan would knock on the wall to signal the cell attendant to serve him tea. On days when there was no fasting, he would eat lunch at 1 p.m. This consisted of one egg and a glass of milk. At 4 o'clock, he would have some tea, and then no more food that day. Bishop Theophan began to get weaker at the beginning of 1894. He was still writing on the afternoon of January 6th, but when the cell attendant came to check on him at 4.30, he found that the bishop had departed to the Lord. St. Theophan's body lay in the small church in his cell for three days, then three more days in the cathedral. Despite this, there was no trace of corruption. He was laid to rest in the Kazan church of the Visha Monastery. Several of St. Theophan's books have been translated into English and are reliable spiritual guides for Orthodox Christians of today. St. Theophan's gift was the ability to present the wisdom of the Fathers in terms which modern people can understand. Since he lived close to our own time, many readers find his books more approachable than the earliest patristic literature. He treats the life of the soul and the life of the body as a unified whole, not as two separate elements and reveals to people the path of salvation.